Thank you. I'll turn right away to, uh, to Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of, of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Uh, All right. So like I said earlier, today is the 12th day, the last day of Christmas. Uh, which means that tomorrow is Epiphany. Uh, Epiphany is a one-day celebration that comes after Christmas. Uh, so, so we're going to spend a little time this morning thinking about the significance and the meaning of Epiphany. Uh, I'm only like two years into preaching on Epiphany, so, so I still have fresh thoughts. Give this like another decade, and I'll be like, what do I share on Epiphany? I've, I'm Fresh out of ideas, but, but I have a few thoughts this morning. Uh, Epiphany comes after Christmas tide is over every year on January 6th, and it's, it's a day to celebrate the journey, the arrival, the life, the gifts of the Magi, the wise men. Uh, and, and of course, we know a little bit about the wise men. Uh, what we know uh, them best for is the things that they bring. Right? We know them best for their gifts. Bearing gifts they traversed afar, as, as we sang this morning. But I can't imagine the predicament, the dilemma that they must have found themselves in as they're packing up their suitcases and readying for their journey to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem. I, I can only imagine the predicament that they found themselves in as they were thinking about what gifts to bring. Uh, what do we bring to this new child. We all know the common phrase, what do you get for the person who has everything? Uh, we, we say this kind of phrase in, 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 our, uh, in our common language. Uh, and, and we all have people in our lives, uh, I'm guessing you do, because I do, we all have people who are crazy hard to shop for. Like, it's Christmas season is coming and I know I have to buy this gift for that person in my family and I have no idea what to get for them. Maybe they have everything. Or maybe they have really simple tastes and they don't really need much. So it's like, what do we get for this person who doesn't really want a present? Uh, or, or 
or maybe they have complicated tastes and geez I don't know what they're going to enjoy or, or, or maybe they're hard to shop for because that person is just never happy with any gift that they ever receive there's always a problem they always return it it never fits there's nothing we all have those people that are really hard to shop for now imagine trying to give a gift to the one who came to be a gift to the whole world. Uh, I mean, it's hard enough shopping for humans. Imagine trying to shop for God. Uh, it's, imagine trying to give a gift, not just to the one who has everything, but to the one who created everything. This is an impossible task. They, they don't have a gifts for the Messiah section at Target. Uh, the, the, the Magi must have struggled. What gift do you bring to the gift? What, what do you bring? So that, that's a silly question in, in a certain way, uh, and yet there's some significance to that question. So I'll, I'll get back to that question later. What gift do you bring to the gift? But first, I think it's important to spend a few moments exploring the beautiful ways that Jesus really was the gift to the world. If he is the gift to the world, what does that mean for us? So having just emerged from a season of gift giving, and then today on Epiphany Sunday, celebrating the the gift giving of Epiphany, frankincense, gold, myrrh, uh, it is vital to remember that Jesus is the ultimate gift giver. We know a little bit about gift giving. We've just come through this season. But it's important to remember that Jesus is the ultimate gift giver, both of himself and of so many other gifts of blessing that we experience. Jesus is a gift to the world, and he's also the great gift giver to the world. And he does so in ways too numerous for us to count. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have so many spiritual blessings to be grateful for and they all are a gift of God. They all are a gift of Jesus. They come through him. It's crazy to think about the blessings that we have in our life. No matter what kind of social standing we have, no matter what kind of wealth we have, if we're in this room, I guarantee you there are blessings galore that, we, that could come to our mind if we were to take a moment to think about it. Uh, as, the, as the last decade drew to a close, I, I, found my, I found myself kind of thinking about some of those blessings. I found myself thinking about the highlights of the last 10 years. Like, where has my life come from 2010 to 2019? And, and as I thought about that laundry list of things that have happened over the last 10 years, it's just loaded with beautiful gifts of God. I mean, just loaded. Uh, I, uh, I graduated from seminary, which that's a gift in and of itself to be done with school. Uh, we've had two kids. Uh, we uh, moved to Bozeman, which was awesome. Uh, I became your pastor here at First Baptist. We've uh, bought two homes. We've had an opportunity to travel. Like, I, we could keep going and going and going. And I'm sure if you sat there and thought about the last decade in your life, 
there would be a plethora of spiritual blessings that would come to your mind, the ways in which God has blessed you with the gifts of life. And of course, like for all of us, there have been a million struggles in my life as well. I could equally name those. There have, there have been hard moments. I mean, we were ready to move back to Seattle at one point. Like, it, it, wasn't going, like, it wasn't going well. Like, there have been struggles, hardship, and doubt, and sleepless nights, and things not working out right, and wondering if you made the wrong decision, and screwing up at work, or screwing up with kids, or screwing up with Mandy. There have been struggles galore, uh, but God is good to us offering us every spiritual blessing, even when life isn't always a bed of roses. But then Ephesians 1 continues in verse 4, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. The great gift giver actually chose us, chose to be with us, even greater than any spiritual blessing that God might give us. Even better than anything that's kind of tangible and uh, is like a house or a job or, or uh, uh, the ability to travel. It, bigger than any sort of spiritual blessing like that that we might get is simply the good gift of Jesus' presence with us. He, he gives us the gift of his presence. Wrapped presents are good. Relational presence is better. Wrapped presents are good. Relational presence is better. John chapter 1 reminds us that God took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. Now that's a gift. Uh, About two years ago, uh, at Thanksgiving in Helena with my family, my parents announced that the next Thanksgiving uh, would be spent at Disney World in Florida. This fantastic gift, and we, the experience was phenomenal. We had, we had so much fun. Uh, but man, what a, what a gift. Crazy gift. Six days at Disney World and SeaWorld and Universal Studios. Stinking awesome. It was, and my parents paid for most of us, most of it. Fantastic gift that they give us, that they gave us. But the best gift in, gift in all of that is that we got to do it together. It wasn't just here's a bunch of money, go travel and send us some photos. Uh, the, the best part about it was that we got to do it all together uh, as a family with shared experiences and shared memories, the gift of relational presence. Jesus chooses voluntarily out of love to come and be with us. And it's a fantastic gift. And, and then Ephesians 1.5 reminds us that we are God's adopted children through Jesus Christ, rightful heirs to all God has to offer, which is ridiculous for him to do. It's crazy for him to put us on similar standing as him and for us to be God's adopted children, rightful heirs of all that he has. Jesus gifts us status before God. He gifts us dignity and respect and elevated position with God. It's an incredible gift. Uh, But then, finally, perhaps the greatest gift that Jesus gives through his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection is really just hope. Uh, He offers us hope. Jeremiah 31 says this, 
Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. Jesus is doing a new redemptive thing, saving and restoring everything, the ultimate cosmic return from exile, and we are the recipients of this wonderful gift of redemption and hope. He is the great gift giver. For, for these reasons and so many more, we celebrate and we pay homage to King Jesus alongside the Magi today. He is the great gift giver, and so we come to pay homage to him. But then, the question still remains. How do we respond? How do we give back in gratitude for the great gift of Jesus? What gift do you bring to the gift? If he is this great gift giver of both himself and of every spiritual blessing that we can imagine, how do we respond? In the same way that the Magi might have been asking themselves, what the heck do we bring to the Messiah? I think the question is the same for us. What gift do you bring to the gift? If all this is true that I've preached this morning, that Jesus has given us all of these spiritual blessings and given us his presence and made us heirs of his kingdom and given us a new hope in the redemptive work that he is doing, then what's the response? Like, it, it's hard to calculate something that would be good enough to give to him that would honor the gift that he has given to us. And so to answer that question, I think it's helpful to return to our wise friends. Uh, we, know, we know the literal, tangible, wrappable kind of gifts that they offered to Jesus, right? We could save them together. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know, we know the literal gifts that the Magi gave to Jesus, but those aren't the best gifts, the most meaningful gifts that they actually offered him. They're, they're meaningful, they're special, and they all have some kind of symbolic meaning to them. It's not that they're not, but there's some other language in the text that I opened up the sermon with that I think uh, illuminate an even greater gift that they offer to Jesus. The greatest gift, the, the greatest gifts the wise men give to Jesus are found in the very beginning of that text, in, in verses 1 and 2. This is how it starts. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. I, I think that's a great gift. The fact that they came at all. They, they actually came. They showed up for Jesus. They journeyed for him. They sacrificed for him. They took risks for him. I can't imagine that travel was easy in that day. They, they couldn't 
hop on an airplane and be there in a matter of hours, like any travel is going to be a risk. It's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be expensive. It's, it's, it's going to cost them something. They spent money and they gave gifts and they did whatever it took to be near him and to sit in his presence. The very fact that they came at all, that they showed up at all for Jesus, I think is a miracle. I think it's a great gift. Uh, and we have the, the same opportunity to give that sort of gift to Jesus. What would it look like this year for us to do the same? Uh, to, to show up for Jesus. To, to sacrifice for him. To take risks for him. Uh, to be there for him. Are there spiritual practices that you have ignored that, that could put you more intentionally in Jesus' presence? Are there things that you could add to your life or subtract from your life that might actually allow you to show up and be in Jesus' presence in a more intentional way? I know there are for me. And I wrote about some of these things in my weekly email this last week, some, some of my goals for this next year. But, but, but there's some things in my life that I want to kind of clean up. I want to shore up so that I can be more intentionally uh, in Jesus' presence presence, which it's why I'm, I'm going to try to go to bed earlier. It's why I'm going to try to wake up earlier. It's why I'm going to try to read through the entire Bible this year. I read a lot of scripture for my job, but sometimes that becomes a, a distraction or I allow it to be a distraction from me actually just sitting in God's presence, just sitting with Jesus in his word. And so I want to get back into that. I want to get back into a solid life of prayer. Uh, are there risks or adventures that you can take for Jesus? New things to try, new people to love, more forgiveness to offer, new places to volunteer, more people to help. Uh, are, there, are there some kind of risks or adventures or opportunities that I, I haven't ever, I haven't jumped into that and maybe this is the year that might actually allow me to be in God's presence. Uh, are there ways that you can show up for Jesus this year, stand up for Jesus this year, through, through loving your neighbors and sharing the good news and being a person of blessing to those around us? The, the Magi offer Jesus the, the gift of just showing up, of being present with him of taking risks for him, of journeying for him, of spending money for him. Uh, and we have the opportunity to offer this same gift. Uh, and then the wise men give the gift of a question asked. So the, the text goes on just to say that they asked, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? I think that question in and itself, in and of itself it is a gift. They don't just show up for Jesus. They don't just go partway for Jesus. They search for him. They long for him. They pine for him. They, they want to know where he is. They want to know what he is doing. They've seen his star. Their eyes are open. They are paying attention to the ways that Jesus is present and active in the world, and they want to be a part of it. We want to follow uh, the star to figure out what Jesus is up to. Uh, and I want that too. I too often am clueless as to what Jesus is actually doing in my midst. 
I may have a general sense, but am I actually longing for it? Am I actually asking the question as I wake up in the morning, like, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Where is Jesus today? Where is he active? What is he doing? How is he present in my world? How can I see him in in the places where I drive or the places where I sit and work, the people that I interact with? How How can I search for his presence long for his presence. I want to constantly be asking throughout this year, where is Jesus here? Where is he present here? How can I, how can I be more aware of what he's up to in this world and go to that place? And then finally, the wise men give Jesus the gift of worship. Uh, as those verses end, it, it, it ends with them paying homage to the one true king, not to Herod, but to Jesus. They, they give him worship, and that, that feels like a greater gift than frankincense or myrrh. Like for them to just, we're going to proclaim that Herod, Herod isn't the guy, you are. The way of the world, that's not the way that I'm interested in. I'm interested in worshiping your way, Jesus. I'm interested in bypassing Herod and moving straight on to the Prince of Peace. I'm not interested in what you have to offer me. I'm only interested in worshiping the one true king, the one true God. And I can only assume that they went back to wherever they came from in the east, uh, back to their homes, and continued to worship there as well. It, It says that they experience an overjoy that they're overjoyed in Jesus' presence. And I can only imagine that if you're overwhelmed with joy there in Bethlehem, that you're going to take that back where, where they came from, to proclaim to everyone the overwhelming joy that they found in him. And that can be our joy for this year as well, that we pay homage to the one true king, and we do it by sharing with everyone the overwhelming joy that we have found in this King Jesus in this one true king. So, this epiphany. Let's remember that the greatest gift giver in the Christmas story isn't the Magi, but Jesus himself. Let's be grateful for the blessings, the presence, and the hope that we find in Jesus. But let's also do our best this year to emulate the wise men in responding to Jesus' gifts with gifts of our own, the gift of showing up for Jesus, the gift of searching for Jesus no matter where this year takes us, and the gift of proclaiming to everyone the overwhelming joy that we have found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you came to this earth, that you loved us enough to not stay far away, Uh, And we are grateful that you want to be in relationship with us, that you want to be in our presence, that you gave us the gift of every spiritual blessing, that you gave us the gift of your presence, that you gave us the gift of inheritance with you, that you gave us the gift of hope. And so God, help us to respond accordingly. Help us to do our best to give back to you in, in ways Uh, that are honoring to the gift that you have given us in ways that are a blessing to the world around us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.